Okay, welcome to our weekly, almost weekly, REBT three-minute therapy podcast. And we discuss rational emotive behavior therapy, which was devised by Albert Ellis starting in 1953, and he's written over 80 books on the subject since then. So what is REBT, Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy? It's a type of radical therapy that changed the course of the psychotherapy movement when Albert Ellis came on the scene. And it's based on a number of key ideas. The first is our emotions come from our thinking about situations, not about situations themselves. So it's not your abusive childhood that makes you irrational and unhappy now, but it's your thinking about it. And that thinking is in the form of demands. Must, should, supposed tos, have tos, escalating our reasonable preferences into irrational musts. I must do well and get approval. You must treat me well, and my life must go well. So when you think in terms of those demands, then you get emotional and behavioral disturbance. If you want to learn more about REBT, as I mentioned, you can read uh, Albert Ellis's books. You can read my book, Three Minute Therapy. You can read the book my partner here, Mick Berry, and I wrote called Stage Fright. So there's much information about REBT available. Uh, Mick, did you want to introduce yourself further? Uh, yeah, I've been practicing REBT for, God, 35, 37 years, something like that. I used to have a terrible problem with depression, and it helped me. Well, it's uh, pretty much eliminated depression from my life, or I should say using REBT, I have eliminated depression from my life. Once in a while, I get depressed, but it's doesn't last very long, and it's not what it used to be. That's interesting, because when I first learned about REBT when I was 18, from my then therapist, Albert Ellis, I also was dealing with depression and anxiety as well, and he dramatically helped me overcome these problems. Today, we're going to be discussing promoting REBT with friends. And the idea here, or one of the ideas here, is that the more you teach your friends REBT, the more they can use it on themselves, the more they can help you, the more you can help them. And I have a number of friends where we have sort of a co-mentoring relationship or a co-therapizing relationship where we help each other with our problems. So don't be shy. Feel free to get the word out and teach your friends. You'll, at the very least, you'll help them, and then reciprocally, they could help you. Mick? Yeah, and I mentioned this as a topic to you because I have found it extremely helpful over the years to have a few friends who are familiar with REBT, and specifically that it's our thinking and our demanding thinking that disturbs us. And often my friend, these friends of mine can point out a demand that I'm not catching. Often it's easier for other people to see our demand because 
we're engrossed in it and they're more capable of being objective about it. So I have found working REBT with friends and bouncing my ABC exercise off of them to be very, very helpful. And one of the friends, of course, Michael, is you. And so I have friends that I uh, have taught about REBT and it makes sense to them. And I run my exercises by them and they give me feedback and as one, even people who aren't familiar with REBT, it doesn't take them long to learn. I can teach somebody REBT in two minutes. And I have friends who give me feedback on it. And virtually everybody agrees that, oh, yeah, that's a really good device. Yeah, yeah. And Mick and I have a mutual friend. And the first time uh, I exchanged emails with her, she was ready to commit suicide. And now she's thriving. And uh, writing out the ABCs, the three-minute exercises that I teach in my book, Three-Minute Therapy, to identify her irrational thinking, question, challenge, and contradict them to come to a better, uh, effective, new perspective. So, uh, so we've done that. Mick and I have done that with a friend. Mick? Yeah, and... Uh with this particular friend and other friends, they send me their ABCs and I'm able to say, hey, you know, you're doing this with the exercise, like you're putting your irrational thoughts in the activating event. And if you do it much cleaner, it's easier to catch the irrational thoughts. And so I'm able to instruct people on how to be more efficient with RABT. And I'll also say that when you get really good at REBT, you don't have to think about REBT that much. You are you are conquering your problem with depression and anxiety. You can concentrate on doing things just for the sake of enjoying yourself. Life is not all about doing REBT exercises. You can enjoy yourself in the long term. And by working with friends, you become more, I have become more efficient at doing REBT and they help me to become more efficient at it so I can spend my time doing other things. Yeah, yeah, and uh, to elaborate on one of the things you said there, Mick, once you are practiced at giving up your musts and shoulds, then in, to a large extent, there's no reason to keep doing that consciously because you come to people and the world with a new perspective, what we call unconditional acceptance, unconditional self-acceptance, unconditional other acceptance, and unconditional life acceptance, which means no demands, no musts and shoulds, just preferences and advantages and disadvantages, no awfuls, terribles, or horribles happening in the world. Get me? And I wanted to say that Albert Ellis has said quite astutely, the craziest thought you can have is, I must be rational. So the goal is not to be 100% rational, but as he put it, largely so. Now, I lived with that for decades, and then I talked to Albert Ellis's widow, Debbie Joffe Ellis, and I said, well, I don't want to be neurotic about this. And she said, well, it's not neurotic if you're thinking and noticing your thoughts throughout the day and catching the demands, that's being mindful. And so I thought, oh, okay, well, let me see how rational I can be. So I don't, 
I, I accept that I, in almost all likelihood, will not be 100% rational, but I try to be as rational as I possibly can. And throughout the day, I observe my thoughts as they come up. And if I get unduly upset, I find the demand and I get rid of the demand. Yeah, it's all in the demand uh, when you have emotional disturbance. And you can have a goal to be 100% rational as long as you don't make it into a demand. Because if you have a high goal, that tends to be motivating, always recognizing that you're an imperfect human who acts imperfectly, and you most likely won't do it 100%. Yeah, man. And I wanted to say, you could actually have the goal of being 100% rational, and you could even demand that, however you will do yourself in. So to be semantically precise, you can have the demand to be 100% rational, but that is not a good idea. You can have the desire to be 100% rational and accept that you won't. And then that will be a beneficial way to look at things. Right. So we're differentiating between the goal as a preference and the demand. The goal is good to be 100% rational. That's motivating. Or even to be 100% perfect. That's motivating. Just don't make it into a demand. That's the key. Our preferences make sense and are motivating. Our demands are irrational and tend to lead to self-defeat. Nick? And I wanted to say we could use the analogy of baseball. Every time a baseball player steps up to the plate, they try to get a hit, but they accept if they get a hit one-third of the time, they're going to be one of the best on the field. However, with our demands, I think we can do a lot better than a third of the time. I think we can probably get up to like 90, 95, maybe 98% of the time we're having desires and not demands. One of the things I like about REBT is we retain the desire. And it's fun to have big, passionate, vigorous desires. And if we're not demanding about them, then that's okay. But the thing to be careful of is that the bigger our desire, the easier it is to turn it into a demand. And a lot of people say, oh, then I don't want any big desires. Now, poppycock, have big desires, practice, 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 not making them into demands, and you can have a very fun, passionate, invigorating life. Okay, very good, very good. So uh, I think we got the message across. And... Uh... Is there any last words you have here, Mick? Uh, yeah, that uh, passions are really fun. Friendships are really fun. And we seem to be social animals. And so sharing our passions with our friends, we all do that anyway, I think. What some of our best friends were able to share our passions with. And there's every reason that we can share our mental health with our friends by sharing REBT ideas and discussing REBT. And if we are feeling distraught, it can be very helpful to inquire with a friend, where's my demand? I'm missing it. Okay, thank you, Mick, for sharing this podcast with me. Thank you, Chris Rossini, our tech engineer, for uh, making this uh, a go. Comment below if you have thoughts about any of uh, what we said. Give us a thumbs up and a like if you enjoyed it, learn from it, 
suggest subjects below that you'd like us to discuss. Volunteer from time to time. We have guests, so volunteer if you'd like to discuss a problem or you'd like to discuss the theory or anything related to therapy or emotional disturbance. And subscribe to the 3-Minute Therapy Podcast to stay on the rational side of life.